Mike, you know, you've been at T-Mobile for 25 years. You've know, been in every level and role imaginable. Yeah, for the record, there's a couple roles that they haven't let me do yet. <laughs> one, one is they haven't let me be a lawyer and they haven't let me be an engineer yet. And probably for good reason. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to Mobile Diaries. I'm Shauna Ryan. And I'm Jason Adams. You know, Jason, it's a moment for me right here. We're coming full circle. Yeah, woo. we started this podcast. So yeah, woohoo. We it's did it. journey. We, <laughs> journey is definitely one way to put it. Because when we started to work together all the way back in 2020, we had been tasked with reporting on the ways mobile technology has impacted our lives in this pandemic microcosm, if you will. You know, you created T-Mobile Stories because you wanted to take a journalistic look at how we use our mobile tech. But even you probably could not have imagined how it went from being about something that was obviously important, our connectivity, to becoming completely essential to life. No, I think you would have actually needed a crystal ball to even see where things were going. How the pandemic in the last two years and the rollout of 5G wireless technologies have all really accelerated mobile lifestyles in ways, as you said, we couldn't even have predicted. Yeah. One thing that we keep asking ourselves on the show in every episode is like, what's next, right? We've talked about what's happened, how it's changed, what's going on now, but what do these changes mean and what's on the horizon, right? Here now to talk about the future of mobile and wireless technology, what we can expect that might be right around the corner, and to help us sort through some of the trends we're seeing right now, we're joined by a very special guest. Mike Katz is T-Mobile's chief marketing officer. He's the guy responsible for delivering products, experiences, and messages that really set the company apart from the competition. Hi, thanks for having me. So much that we want to talk about today, because I feel like all of the podcast episodes that we've done up until now are leading to this moment. You know, we're talking about what's happened in the past. We're talking about what people are doing now, but we haven't talked a lot about like what's next, like what's on our horizon. And that's what we need you here for, Mike. That's a lot of pressure. I don't know. I hope I, I hope I can deliver. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout your time at T-Mobile, you've focused on bringing the benefits of the Uncarrier Network to underserved communities and really connecting people. And I was just wondering if you could speak to a little bit what your experience has been in everything from providing hardware to connectivity solutions to people in some of these gap areas that we've talked about. No, it's a great question. And I think if you look at what's happened in our world over the last couple of years, I think one of the things that it really demonstrated or underscored was how important connectivity is to our lives. You think about a bunch of different examples, you know, people that were isolated in their homes. And the only way that they could have contact with their community was through the kinds of services that T-Mobile provides. Work. You know, all of us for at least a year, sometimes more, some people still were doing work almost entirely over the over these kinds of connections. School. There, there was a there was a point in time when every school across America was shut down. And the only way that children could attend school was through video conference. So I think it's something that we've known for a while, but the pandemic really reinforced to us that connectivity is such an important and essential part of our lives. And those that don't have it are really left out of vital parts of our community. I, I think it's, it's one of the things that I personally take really seriously. And I can tell you, I've had the incredible privilege to be a part of work that's happened over the last couple of years where you saw the vitalness of this technology and how it's changed people's lives. The one story that really comes to mind to me is what happened in New York City at the beginning of the pandemic. The city had a really tough decision 
right in March 2020 of shutting the largest school district in America, over a million children that, that go there, knowing that there was a large percentage of kids, something like 500,000, that had no broadband access at home. And just think, just like put that in perspective, largest city in the richest country in the world with 500,000 kids that had no broadband connectivity. It shows you how much of a problem we still have, but it also is a great demonstration of how mobile can solve some of these problems at scale. And that's that's exactly the opportunity that we had with New York was to was to come in, provide a connectivity solution that used our wireless network and provided kids with a connection back to their classroom so they could fully participate in school. And I'm really excited that this program I described in New York, a program that we call Project 10 Million, which is our commitment to provide 10 million of these connections uh, across America. We've already seen over 3 million of them utilized to date and counting as this problem unfortunately continues to get larger and larger. I'm curious for you personally, what have been the biggest challenges you've seen in the world of wireless? Has there been anything that you perhaps remember that was like just a dream when you started and is like now a reality or not even yet a reality, but you see it so close on the horizon finally? Yeah, you know, I it's if you go back, like when I when I started at T-Mobile and its predecessor company, VoiceStream, mobile phones were kind of an accessory. They were really a luxury item that very few people had. And they really couldn't do much. Like you could, in some places, do phone calls. And that was that was, that was was about it. I, I'll never forget this. I remember in a meeting, it was probably a, around 2006, 2007, when a senior leader in the company back then held up a early version of a smartphone and was like, do you really think that people will be browsing the internet on these things? <laughs> like skeptical that this would be the main way that people access vital communication resources. You look at today and this is the main connection to the internet and to pretty much any any other information source that we get in our lives. The other big one for me is really been about the trajectory of T-Mobile overall as a company. If you go back uh, 10, 11 years ago, our company was in a very, very different position. We were not the thriving, successful brand that you see today. You know, we, we were a company that really was in big trouble. You know, we were, we were losing hundreds of thousands of customers a quarter. Our brand really wasn't remarkable in any way. It, it didn't really stand for much other than cheap cell phone service. And if you look at the transformation that T-Mobile went through as part of our uncare strategy, exceeded even our biggest most optimistic business case expectations when we did it. I remember we launched Uncarrier One at the very end of March in 2013. And our very, very optimistic goal was by the end of 2013, nine months later, we would get to one positive net new subscriber because we were losing so many customers. And after we launched Uncarrier One, the next full quarter, Q2 of 2013, we did 600,000 positive. What happened in the chord that was struck like blew away even our own expectations. And I think that's the other big thing that's that surprised me throughout this journey. Well, speaking of that journey and where you are now, you've made it up to CMO. And I would imagine that comes with it some pretty unique opportunities where you get to be on the inside of things and even seeing things a little bit further ahead of other folks and gives you a little bit of an expert seat at what's happening in our mobile first world. I was just wondering if there's any unique experiences relatively recent that have come with the job. I appreciate you saying that. I like to think that nobody else really believes. I try and explain stuff like that to my kids. They're like, yeah, what a, whatever old man. <laughs> but one thing that I have been 
seeing more and learning more about that I that I do think is a potential step change in how our technology is used is what's happening with that metaverse. You look at the biggest biggest VC companies in the world, the biggest companies in the world themselves making huge investment into metaverse. You know, I think I think we're going to start to see metaverse going from words on paper into a set of experiences that are really going to change the way that we interact with each other. Where many interactions, you know, both social interactions but also commerce interactions are going to take place in a fully digitized world between avatars. And that's that's one that surprised me how fast it's coming to fruition. I think that's so interesting because when you say that, I think about my six-year-old, my six-year-old who uses an Oculus and goes in the metaverse very seamlessly. It's almost like it's not foreign in any way, you know, because they're so mobile first already, because they've had schooling online during the pandemic at some point. I'm curious if you think that also this connects back to what we discussed uh, just a few minutes ago with Project 10 Million. You know, 5G has a huge role in what Project 10 Million is trying to do, right, in terms of closing that you know, digital divide and making sure that uh, we le- level the playing field in terms of connectivity for students. Do you think that there could be a meshing of this at some point where like the metaverse, 5G, schooling, education, like all of these things could come together and that T-Mobile is kind of recognizing that by implementing Project 10 Million so, you know, ferociously right now? I, mean, I, I think in some ways metaverse could be uh, a big leveler in terms of gaining access to experiences that maybe some people were left out of because of whatever economic or geographic situations. And a lot of experiences could be recreated in this now, you know, fully digital environment that really just requires a connection to the internet to be able to receive. So whether it's being at an event that you normally could never go to or being at a concert or shopping at a at a store that doesn't exist in the place where you live. But it also runs the risk as more and more of these experiences move into environments like like metaverse, that people that don't have the connection feel more and more left out. And there's a bigger wedge in this digital divide that occurs if appropriate access isn't there. So I think it does underscore exactly what we were just saying, the importance of programs like Project 10 Million to ensure that nobody is left behind. We have to make sure that everybody has a chance to participate in the, the new digital society. You probably don't have time to keep up with all the latest updates on the social media platforms you use most. So every week, your friends at the Global Creative Agency Gray read, listen, and watch for the latest and greatest in social in order to bring you everything you need to know to sound smart on your next team's meeting with the podcast, Five Things This Week in Social. They've produced over 100 weekly episodes and the hosts who have partnered with some of the world's biggest brands are experts in social media and emerging tech. They discuss everything from the Elon Musk vidal to your next favorite Instagram feature to how we'll shop in the metaverse. Listen to five things this week in social, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for it with the hashtag, the number five things. You're listening to Mobile Diaries, a podcast from T-Mobile Stories. I'm Jason Adams. And I'm Shauna Ryan. We're exploring the fascinating stories of how mobile technology has shaped our lives and how we can learn to use our devices without them using us. So follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. You can also check out our website, mobilediariespodcast.com. Joining us today for a chat about the future of mobile technology, where it's headed, and all kinds of big questions about society, connectivity, and access to technology is T-Mobile's very own CMO, Mike Katz. 
because you have been in telecommunications for so long, and then you've seen the evolution of telecommunications, specifically with 5G, accelerate during the pandemic, right? Partly because of need, as you're saying, you know, now we're like mobile first because of necessity and now by choice. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's like seeing the evolution of 5G in that way in our truly connected lives? I think the crazy thing is, I still think we're in the very, very early days of 5G in terms of its capabilities and the kinds of experiences and products that it can enable. You know, I think I think what you're seeing right now with 5G is use cases that are beginning to take advantage of the massive amount of capacity that 5G enables. So like a really great example for that is home internet. You know, we just had our earnings last week and we announced that we have 560,000 new home internet customers on T-Mobile. And what it's telling you is that one, there's a huge demand for alternatives to traditional home internet access. But secondly, it really underscores the power of what a 5G network can do. Because literally a few years ago, you were talking about light web browsing on a smartphone. And now you have 5G networks literally powering your connection inside your house, which is one of the most important connections of your life, but also the one that's the most strained because you've got Netflix and gaming and automation devices and security devices. I mean, you have so many different devices discreetly connected to your home environment. And the fact that that, that can now be run on a 5G connection, I think is, is amazing. And we're still at the early stages of inventors and entrepreneurs getting a hold and starting to develop experiences in, in this space. And the ones that I think will be the earliest to market will be things like we were just talking about uh, with metaverse, AR, VR, XR kind of experiences. But I also think closely related to that will be experiences with gaming that can take advantage of mass high capacity connectivity with really low latency that's widely distributed across the whole country, I think is a, is a really interesting environment for gaming as well as game developers developing new unique experiences that haven't been haven't been available before. So I still think we're at the very early days, but the capabilities that are in the ground right now with 5G are incredibly exciting and they're just waiting for developers to take advantage of them. There is in that also the interesting opportunity of not really knowing what's coming down the pike in the future, but we're talking like beyond the smartphone too, right? Like everything's going to be different because of a 5G wireless network. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because one of the promises of 5G and what and one of the things you're seeing already is these high capacity networks can enable literally anything that can be connected to be connected and how those things all communicate with each other. You know, one of the reasons you, you hear always about self-driving cars being a big 5G use case, all the cars on the road being connected by themselves and then interconnected to each other, which takes massive capacity, really low latency, and wide distribution of network. And and that's where we get to like these connected highways too, right? Like the cars aren't just talking to each other. They're talking to the road, their sensors along the way. It's really like a completely new environment. Until the robots take over and then kill all of us. Yeah. <laughs> that's a different episode, Mike. <laughs> Our last episode we just aired, it's on the evolution of connected travel. I think this is something you're really interested in right now. It's summertime and uh, how technology has kind of changed ever since the pandemic started to accelerate the way that we travel today. And T-Mobile, you know, had a recent on carrier move called Coverage Beyond, right? Which seemed to be another evolution in connected travel. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you're proud of and what you think is really important, not just interesting to everyday people who are traveling again? This, this move, uh, Coverage Beyond, really builds on some of the most famous moves that T-Mobile has ever done. 
one, one of the ones that really put us on the map was a move that we did called Simple Global, which for the first time enabled people to very, very simply move outside the borders of the U.S. and not have to worry about their mobile connectivity. You land in a foreign country, you turn your phone on, and it just works, and you don't have to worry about racking up sometimes thousands of dollars in roaming charges. So what, what we did with this, with this move, with Coverage Beyond, was now when our customers go to over 200 countries, they can turn on their phone and receive whatever the highest speed network is that's available in that local country. And oftentimes, that's going to be 5G. We also really enhanced the connectivity while you're going to that destination on your airplane. And everybody knows for, for some time there has been, you know, limited Wi-Fi capabilities available in airplanes. And we, we did a move a while back in a partnership with GoGo that allowed T-Mobile customers to connect while they're on the plane and basically do text messaging. What's happened since that move is the technology in the airplanes has gotten substantially better. They went from a ground-based technology to actually a satellite-based technology. But the, the technology's gotten significantly better, so much so that you can actually do streaming on planes. And so with Coverage Beyond, we dramatically expanded our partnerships beyond GoGo. So now we're, we're essentially working with all of the major airlines in the U.S. And when customers are on the plane, not only do they have access on more flights, the access that they have includes on planes where it's available, full streaming. So you literally can open up your Netflix account, you can open up your Amazon Prime account, and you can, you can be streaming on the plane, which I just think is awesome. The other part of this that I'm really excited about is a big partnership that we did with AAA that gives all of our customers on Magenta Max a free AAA subscription. And we amped up some of our T-Mobile Tuesdays offers, our most popular offer, which is a partnership with Shell where we give a discounted gas and increase the discount to 25 cents a gallon. All of these moves we feel like we're important because of the moment that we're in right now. Not only is this summer one of the busiest travel summers that we've seen in a long time, but also we're in the middle of like 40-year record inflation and everything around us is getting more expensive. And so while people want to travel, they're really, really concerned about the cost of traveling from you know airline tickets to gas to everything else. And we wanted to get we thought it was important for us to get these moves out at the beginning of summer to take some of that stress away from customers so that they know that T-Mobile's got their back when they travel and we'll cover the Wi-Fi and the plane and we have some of these discounts on gas. Recently, you published an article uh, that I really loved that was five tech tips for navigating modern travel. You closed out by asking people to ask themselves to navigate where you're headed, ask yourself, what are my passions? I was just wondering, both in terms of your mobile device or even life offline or life at work, what are some of your passions and where is your heart taking you these days, be it travel or right here at home? Man, I didn't know we were going to go deep on this podcast. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> is this the part where you try to make me cry on the podcast? Yes. Okay, All right, perfect. <laughs> For me, the most important thing that I do is being a husband and a dad. And I have four kids. My kids are really spread out in age. So I've got everything from 17 to five at my house. And so I've got pretty much every life stage happening all at, this, all at the same time. And so for me, it's getting the opportunity to spend a bunch of time with them. And I, I think that's, that's one of the nice things that our technology enables is it does enable, in some sense, time, right? I could be, you know, across the world on a vacation with my family and still check in and have a productive session at work. That's extremely valuable to me because it allows me to invest more time in the thing that's most important to me, which is 
all those people at my house. So like there's these nice crossovers in career and passion that have made this job really a dream job for me. Well, it's really clear that you do a really great job of highlighting how the work that you're doing telecommunications, some may say, well, it's just this little smartphone. What's the big deal? But it's about experiences, right? Whether they be the experiences that you have personally at home or the experience that you're trying to get to because you can't get there in person. But I'm curious with all these experiences and this understanding that the, the greatest commodity we have is our time. How do you maintain a balance right here in your job where you're constantly thinking about what's next? How do I push the envelope? And also the responsibility that you have, right? Uh, you know, Project 10 Million is a huge responsibility for the company to take on to help level the playing field for children and education. So it's, it's what we like to call in this podcast, we call it mobile mindfulness. How are you finding balance in this always on full pressure, mobile first world, which gives us so many capabilities, as you highlighted so many, so many opportunities, but also like sometimes it can be really overwhelming, <laughs> right? Uh, Do you have you balance? Know, you probably have to ask me and then other people in my life and see if they give consistent answers on this. But I, I will I will be the first to admit that I definitely am not perfect on this one. And I, I do think it's a hard thing for any of us to, uh, to try and balance in our life. Like, you know, all of our lives pull us in a bunch of different directions. So I know I certainly don't have it perfect. I, I try and do a few things and I'm not saying that I do them well, but I try. You know, one thing, one thing that I try and do is when I'm home, really be home. And at least, at least at the moments where I know that I've got the, the most amount of overlap with my family and my kids is really trying to be home. So like at times, like when I'm in town and I'm not traveling, and I'm home and I can be there for dinner, like really be there for dinner and like sit and have a dinner with my family. And that might mean like taking my phone and flipping it over and putting it outside of arm's length. So I, so I don't get like sucked back into a, into something that could, that could distract me. I really try and be thoughtful about taking advantage of moments and trying to slightly be disconnected so I can really be there for the people in my life. I found that just like prioritization of time is like one of the most challenging things that I've ever managed in my career. You know, most of us have jobs where there's more work to do than there is time in the day. And so you have to make decisions about where to spend your time. What I've, what I've tried to do is really think about what are the most important priorities for me? Where, where are the areas where like I personally can have the biggest impact and need to have the biggest impact because of the goals or the plan that we have in our, in our business? And then put my time or the calendar requests or like whatever's coming through, through that filter. And then have, you know, sometimes this takes courage, but have the courage to say no to stuff. Well, you certainly made for an excellent final episode and final guest. So thank you so much, Mike. We really appreciate your time. Well, thank you thank guys. Thank you. Yeah, really. It was fun. I just want to say thanks so much to everyone for joining us this season on Mobile Diaries. It's been a real privilege to have you along with us on this ride while we're delving into the different types of jobs, hobbies, practices, people, and technologies emerging out of the pandemic in this era of the mobile first life. One of the topics we set out to explore on this show is this idea of what it means to embrace mobile mindfulness, how we can use our devices with intention, or put another way, how to use our devices without them using us. In other words, how can we rise to the opportunity to work, play, date, hike, connect, whatever it is that we've talked about on this show? It's a full day. It's a big, it's a, <laughs> it's a big, it's a very busy day, but we're doing it all via our phones, but we want to do it in a way that's balanced. I think it's the one thing that I really love about this podcast, Jason, because when you and I started to work together, 
and we were writing our first articles together and you were giving me a lot of guidance, you were the first person to say the word mobile mindfulness, having intentionality around your device. And I was very much guilty of not having any kind of mindfulness around my device usage. I just knew that I had to work. I was working remotely. I wanted to keep my job. I had to keep on top of things and I could do it with this technology. Um, And not really recognizing that sometimes that had a negative impact on me because I wasn't setting up boundaries to protect myself or to keep myself on the straight and narrow uh, as I was learning to use that stuff. And I'm, I, I think that you helped me with that. I got to be, I got to say thank you. <laughs> and you helped me too, right? Because that idea of mobile mindfulness, you know, even when I first started using it, it was really in sort of like a how-to. Simple things, right? Easy to file one, two, three. Yeah, apps yeah. to download and, you know, yeah, like a Zen guide to using your device. And I think because of what we're experiencing together, collectively, the world, uh, these last two, two and a half years, that it really took on a much deeper meaning, even when you and I were looking into, like, what does mobile mindfulness mean? There's a lot more there, whether it is how to use telehealth to support your mental health. There are so many more sort of tentacles to the idea. And you know, being able to explore that in our work and being able to explore that here in this podcast here has been uh, a real privilege. It has. And I, I love that, you know, the guests that we've had on, whether they be experts or people who have just like really really interesting lived experiences that can teach us something, they kind of ran the gamut when it came to their answers about how they find themselves being more mindful, whether it be, like you said, a little bit easy tutorial of like what apps to download. A lot of people had, you know, examples of apps they use to be more mindful, but even to ideas of whether it be unplugging and doing some things IRL, as we like to say, or sometimes it's like, I don't need to disconnect to find mindfulness. I just need to understand how to schedule other priorities in my life so that this doesn't kind of like wash me away with the tide. <laughs> well, and even as our uh, guest today, the T-Mobile CMO, Mike Katz, one of the, the things he brought up is the finite resource of time and how time is truly important. And mobile mindfulness and using your device with intentionality and living a life of intentionality, you know, really helps you use your time to its fullest potential and to its most value. Well, I have to say my time spent on this podcast with you interviewing all these really cool people has been (laughs) very valuable. So I want to thank you. And I hope our our listeners learned a few things or have some interesting stories that they can share with others, um, IRL or virtually. (laughs) Yeah, we've been on this journey together and be interesting to see where these journeys go, not just for ourselves, but to the the listeners and even where the next chapter is with our, our own mobile diaries. There's a very long runway space, I think, where we can have a lot more conversations about the things that connect to our connectivity. Yeah, the future is bright and we will see you in it. Whether you're downloading a mindfulness app or tethering your phone, working from the beach in Thailand, online dating, using your GPS to navigate a remote trail, we really, truly, genuinely hope you'll be able to stay mindful and enjoy all the opportunities that this exciting mobile era presents. Thanks so much for joining us. 